0: God, I am uh, uh, reminded that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are with us. And Lord, you're right here with us this morning on the corner of 33rd and Tejon in Denver, Colorado. And God, you have something to say to each one of us, Lord, not because of some power of personality or speech or anything that I have, Lord. I really don't have those things. But you are the all-powerful creator of the universe. And you've said that when we gather together, you have something for us. That you'll be with us. Lord, so we know that you're here this morning. I trust you have good to show each one of us right where we're at here. Lord, as we look at a topic that can be a little bit sensitive. Lord, I know it's sensitive in my heart. Lord, when we start talking about money and giving, oh, Lord, I, just, I, I recognize that that's a hard one for me. It's a hard one for me to talk about. It's a hard one for me to engage with. Lord, I know that's true for each one of us here. But Lord, as we strive together to be a spiritual family Lord, we sometimes we have to talk about difficult subjects and probe into those places in our hearts where things are maybe a little tender, or maybe we're not worshiping you the way that we should. We called and the call to be your disciples, Lord. So help us today, Lord. Just help us to be gracious and understanding, and open our hearts to hear maybe what you would have for us that we might be encouraged. Where we're at, and uh, encouraged to take new steps of faith this morning, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're in the midst of the series called Life Now, and we're tackling all of the easy subjects like religion and politics and money. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about giving. I know last week Daryl shared and did a great job, talked about giving from his perspective as one of our deacons here at the church and as a guy who's working a full-time job and raising a family and I know he had some great thoughts. So I thought I would share a few things with you today. Um, just uh, as a little review, we have talked, been talking on and off this year about discipleship. And we've been talking about what it means to be a disciple. And today we're really talking some, we've reviewed this before, about five marks or five habits of a disciple. And so when we talk about being a disciple, you can be a disciple of a lot of things. What are we trying to be disciples of? We're trying to be disciples of Jesus. And what that really means, like it says on the screen, following after the calling, the teachings, and the person of Jesus Christ. Now, in doing this, fortunately, God has not left us alone to just kind of figure out what that looks like. He's given us the Bible, and it's given us really a a way in that to to follow him. And so, when I look at this, and I've prayed about it, and studied it out, and and lived it out for 30-some years, I really see that we could really break down the things that we can be doing to worship Jesus, the very practical things, it can really break them into five categories, sort of five marks. And they are, I made a little diagram here. They are reading the Bible and being in touch with what God is telling us there. There's prayer and talking to God and having that relationship with Him. There's serving, in terms of laying down our lives for one another in very practical ways. There's giving, giving of our resource, giving of our time, giving of our talents. And there's fellowship, which really means gathering together spiritually, for the purpose of, of running down this journey together, right? Now, you could do all of these things, and as we've talked about, the gospel is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the good news. And when you come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you accept the free gift of salvation that he offers, where his perfect life and death and resurrection pays the penalty that each one of us has for our sins, then he becomes the object of our worship, and so when we look at these five marks of a disciple, and you know there, there probably are some other things you could maybe make an argument. There's maybe these other things that might go on here, and they might just be subcategories. I don't know. Uh, we don't need to have that discussion. This, practically speaking, even if there were six things, they would all be doing this same thing. They all rotate around Jesus. And so, if you did any of these things, and you were doing it not for the sake of Jesus, you were doing it for yourself. You're doing it for others. Like we talked about in other weeks, this would really break down. Or if you didn't do any of these things, it's kind of like a wheel, right? It kind of spins around and if you take out one of the spokes, your wheel's going to kind of, right? So we want to be healthy disciples who are following after Jesus. So we've talked about a number of these things, but as you know, right now in the midst of this series, we're going to talk about giving. And so today we're going to focus on this spiritual habit of giving. I just have three thoughts, and then I'm going to give you two opportunities. Now, the spiritual discipline of giving results in good fruit in our lives. I think we all probably would say, yeah, that's, that's probably true. I agree that that's true. Well, I want to talk about three of those fruits today specifically. Now, here's the first one. Giving properly positions me before God. Let's look at a couple of verses to see what that's about. The first one, Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So according to this verse and many others, who made the earth? Who created it and who possesses everything? It's God. God made it. The Lord made the earth and he owns it. So we don't really own any of it. We don't have none of it really belongs to us. We're just, the Bible says that we're really just stewards. We're just caretakers of what God has created. And so it all belongs to him, right? So God made it. Now, from this, we recognize that if we understand God made everything and God owns everything and he asks us to give it away... That sort of breeds in us a spirit of generosity, right? I can have a spirit of generosity with God's stuff. Isn't it so much easier to give away other people's stuff than your own? It is. And you can think of all kinds of examples, right? If someone gives you a bunch of money, you're like, well, I can give that away. It's a lot easier than if you think it's your own, right? So we can have this spirit of generosity. And so if we understand God made it and we understand, hey, I'm going to give it away, then I can have a habit of giving, right? Habits are developed by practice and repetition. So I understand God made everything and God owns everything. And so I can, whatever comes into my care and stewardship, I can give away freely and I can create a habit. And from that habit, as we understand from our little wheel diagram, we become properly positioned before God. Here's another verse. 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. here's the famous verse, right? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. See, we talk about worship, right? We talk about worship, which is you know going after, running after, giving our lives to something. And as disciples of Jesus, we're to do that for Jesus. But what do you worship? If you look into your heart and you think about it. Do you worship Jesus, or are you worshiping something else, like money? Jesus said himself, you cannot serve both God and money. There's not room in the center of that wheel for both Jesus and money. It's got to be one or the other. And so when I worship something besides Jesus, whether it's money or something else, I'm going to wander away from my faith. And all of those things, all of those habits don't connect to something that makes sense anymore. So really, what does that have to do with giving? Well, I think ultimately giving is the antidote to the love of money. And so here you see on the screen a picture of two gentlemen. I think most of us recognize that the guy on the right is Frodo Baggins and the guy on the left is Smeagol. Now, both of these guys had a love of the same thing, didn't they? They both came into counter. Hopefully most of you have either seen the movies or, or read the books. Uh the Lord of the Rings books. And so these two guys, both, this this very precious, precious ring came into their lives, right? And so the guy, as we see in the story and we even see in the movie, the guy on the left used to look like the guy on the right in some ways. And yet the love of this very precious, precious thing that he had changed him. He came to worship this thing, this precious thing that came into his life. Right? And as you watch these movies and you read the books, you see Frodo, the guy on the right, he starts to go through that process as well, too. But there's one other guy who comes and, and has the same kind of encounter and possession and ownership of that ring, isn't there, in these stories? And we don't see him in this picture. His name is Bilbo. And it begins to change him... But he becomes free from being changed by this ring, this precious thing. Why? He gives it away. He gives it away. It doesn't own him. And so in the same way, obtusely, sort of the same way that giving away the ring was the antidote to all of the evil that would follow and the change in life, in the same way giving is the antidote to the love of money. Now Before we slide too far down into the the sinkhole of of nerdy stuff like Lord of the Rings, I just wanted to put this picture up. (laughs) Use the force, Harry, says Gandalf. The picture of Jean-Luc Picard. I love it. (laughs) Sorry. That was for all you. This is how to make four groups of nerds mad at the same time. (laughs) The second fruit of giving is that giving blesses others. Giving blesses others. Romans twelve thirteen contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. What happens when I give sacrificially? What happens when I meet needs and I, I give generously with hospitality? Well, people are blessed, aren't they? Hopefully, generally speaking, they are. When I give of myself, people are blessed. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever been blessed by the generosity of people in this church? Or other Christian saints? Yeah, I have. In fact, I am every month blessed by you and your generous gifts. I get a paycheck from this church. And that paycheck doesn't come from some other source or some grand donor or something. It comes from you guys. I'm super thankful. And, and actually, there's two of us. Rich and I both receive a paycheck. But it's more than just us. You put together us and our wives and our kids and it's 15 people. You guys feed 15 people every meal of the month. I did the math on that. It's over 1,300 meals a month you guys are providing. Talk about feeding the hungry. <laughs> You're doing it right here. And I'm so thankful for that. Interestingly enough, You see this verse, contribute to the needs of the saints. Why didn't Paul just say contribute to the needs of others? It seems like that would make some sense, wouldn't it? Contribute to the needs of others. Why not just others? Why does he say the saints? I think the principle here is that God wants us to first bless those around us who share our faith. That's what he wants from us. And we do this a couple ways. One is, like it says here, by hospitality. Hospitality. When was the last time you opened your home and had someone in for a meal or a cup of coffee? Or you did something else that was hospitable. You loaned them something. Tools or equipment or needs or computer or something like that. There's hospitality. That's one way we can give and bless others. Another way is through their finances. And we can do that through our church. We talk about tithes. Like I said, tithes don't only just contribute and, and feed our family and like Rob alluded to or during announcements it keeps the lights on it allows there for rentals and we get to do all this stuff we'll talk about some of that more in a few minutes but you bless others when you give to the church it blesses others God clearly wants us to bless others and this happens intentionally it doesn't happen accidentally you can not just oh, oh I blessed somebody you have to do it with intention you have to do it As a habit in many ways. So another verse. Proverbs chapter 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I love to eat and and drink and this sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Giving. Giving. See, there's a clear connection made here between the regular giving of the first portion, not the last portion. He didn't say your last fruits. He says your first fruits. There's a clear connection made between that regular giving and some kind of material blessing that comes back to us. But I want you to keep this in mind when you look at this verse. We should give not so we can get. If we give to get, then we're giving selfishly. We're not giving in worship of Jesus we need to give to bless others. I think that principle is right here. Selfishness is not honoring the Lord. We honor the Lord, and we have to do it unselfishly. In God's economy, for whatever reason, there's just a blessing here that He will return it and cover us. I put this quote up before. Dr. Doug Weiss is a counselor. A well-known, very good counselor. I've had the privilege of meeting him. He spoke at our pastor's conference in Iowa this summer. He's counseled people for 20 years and been very good at it. And he says this, Over 20 years, I have asked Christian couples about the structure of their marriage. Every Christian couple who had significant financial troubles did not tithe. Not most of them. Not 90%. Every Christian couple There's a principle there And I think about it And we're looking to bless others by doing this And yet in the midst of that God says I'll take care of you I'll cover you So if I make giving a habit God says honor me And then I'll give you more And then what happens when he gives us more We have an opportunity to be more generous And then he has an opportunity to give us even more And we have an opportunity to be more generous And it goes on And then we've developed that habit of discipleship. But there's really more, isn't there? There's more than being properly positioned before God. There's more than just blessing other people. And that's the third fruit, which is giving is just straight up worship of Jesus. Giving is just worship of Jesus. Matthew 6, 21, another famous verse. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's truth, a lot of truth, in this verse. And I think many of us would look at this verse and say, Yeah, that's right. Where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. But are you living that way? Take a look at your bank statements or your budget. get asked this question. Does your expenditure of treasure match your heart to be Jesus' disciple? a challenging question for me, too. Another verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So who gave me everything I have? God, right? We already said that. God gave it to me. So if God gave me everything and I take that gift and I sort of hoard it to myself, what does it say about my heart? Says I'm not very grateful for him giving me everything that I have. It's a story, an illustration. A, a friend of mine, Pastor Bill Young in Salt Lake, who tells the story. I wish it was my own story, because I think it's a very poignant illustration of this principle. But there was Bill, and he had four sons, and his youngest son was in a high chair, kind of like this little boy. This isn't his boy on the picture, but just a boy who's got some goldfish crackers, and Bill and his wife had had given their son some crackers for a snack and Bill walked into the room and he saw his son eating the goldfish crackers and he came up like those who dads will do periodically and say let me have one of those crackers and his son as most two year olds will do his hands around it and pulled the pile closer to himself and said no my crackers right and Bill was like what in the world if I really wanted a cracker I'd go to the pantry open up the box and get a cracker Or frankly, I have enough money, I go to the store, buy all the goldfish crackers, dump them out in the living room, and do the backstroke. I don't need your cracker. I want your heart. And I think God is the same way with us when it comes to finances. He made it all. He has it all. He doesn't need it. It's his already. He wants our hearts. He wants our worship. And so I think God has really established giving as a straight-to-the-heart means for us to worship Jesus. So with that being said, right, we're not a church that just says, hey, go do this stuff. We really want to make an effort to try to resource you and give you opportunities to follow Jesus and worship Him. And so we've got a couple opportunities here at the Firehouse Church for giving. I thought I would go over with you. And I know last week, Daryl touched on tithing. I thought he did a very good job. Just some some things that stuck out to me from his teaching. One was, he said, we're designed by God to give. I think we talked about that some this morning. That as part of God creating all, he's created us. And in part of creating us, he's created us to give. It's part of who we are. In addition, he talked about this being a spiritual discipline. And recognizing that being disciplined means practicing. Practicing. I've done a bunch of running this year so I could do some races. To get there, I had to practice. I had to make it a habit. Think of other things in your own life that you've done. You don't just pick something up and do it. You have to make a habit. And so Daryl talked about practicing this discipline and doing it habitually and giving and tithing regularly. And he even made the connection between the idea of going to follow Jesus, you've got to just show up. You know, serve him with giving. You just, just tithe. Just do it. I thought those things really spoke to me. And so he also talked about tithing. Tithing really means, this word means 10%. Tithe means 10%. And so what it really refers to is giving regularly, sacrificially, from what you have, from your harvest. And he talked some about what are harvests, our income, and so forth. Now, we could have a discussion, I know, and whatever, there's different views on this, and that's fine, of is tithing is 10%, does that apply to us in the New Testament, or does it not really apply anymore? And I always feel like that kind of, delves down into some legalism stuff but i think the principle really is it's all gods and you're going to worship god and if you want to do that through giving then you give and frankly i think what we see in scripture is that about 10 percent of what we make seems to be what is needed to cover our spiritual needs in many ways through our church And so I think as we do this, and we do it regularly, we have that habit, and as that habit, we come and we do it here, it begins to be something that flows into other areas of our life as we relate to other people as well. And now some of you I know will have a reaction where you would hear this and you'd say, my finances can't sustain tithing. And I understand that. But I would probably submit to you that if you don't believe your finances can sustain tithing, you probably have some other things going on with your finances that are probably pretty challenging. Again, as a church, we don't want to be a place that just says, well, go figure it out. We have a way to help you. On Tuesday nights, our Money Wise group meets right here in the building. Goes through Financial Peace University. Zach and Gretchen and uh, Corey and Megan. These guys are great, great counselors for just helping you if you need it. I need to figure out how to straighten up my finances and, and figure out how can I really honor God with this and God wants me to give and tithing and how can I make this work? Those guys can really help you with that. So we offer that even as a church. Now you say, well, why give here? Why, would I, why should I give here? Why couldn't I give somewhere else? Well, there's lots of places to give, lots that are good, but it really seems like the principle from Scripture is giving to the saints who are around you. And so if you've made this your church home, and it seems like God would say, well, give to that. Give to that. And so that opportunity is here. And so I would encourage you, wherever you're at, just very simply, to give in faith at least 10% of what you make. If this is your home church. And don't do it for me. Don't do it because I'm looking for money or trying to, trying to get rich. Or I mean, even, even this morning I laughed. I, I, I taught at our Parker location. Right, and there's mega churches that have these these multiple locations and distant places, and the, the pastor goes out and he gets in a helicopter and flies to the other place. I just got in my beer car and put my own gas in it and drove up here and back, right? I'm not trying to get rich. I don't want the helicopter, I don't need a helicopter. Last thing I want, we don't want that. I want you to worship Jesus. I want you to draw closer to him. I want you to be drawn into a great relationship with him, and giving is one element of that. And so that's my heart for you in that. There's nothing, I'm not looking for a raise or anything here. It's between you and God. And so that's tithing. And so then the second way is our Thrive campaign. Now, I think a number of you hopefully have passed out, have gotten the orange flyer. I'll put a copy of it up here on the screen. And so our Thrive campaign started a year ago. Now, what was it? We talked about it as it's a stewardship of time, treasure, and talents to achieve a goal as a church. And that goal was, financially speaking, an extra $10,000 a month to our budget for two years. And we met that goal, praise God, for that. And so we're 12 months in, and there's been uh, some people who've dropped off of that and, you know, different other things going on. But we've made it through a year, and so I wanted to share just a couple of things we've accomplished this year. One of them, like I talked about, going to our Parker location was planting that church and this morning it was very funny Uh, Rich, those of you who know Rich he kind of manages things down there and he signs a contract for renting out a cafeteria and gymnasium at the school and when he signed the contract earlier in the summer they said yeah you can have all of the fall except October 9th when we have something else going on well as you know Rich he didn't write that down and he showed up for setup this morning and there was all these people there. He's like, wow, these people have come to church. Wait, they're two hours early. That's not it. So we, he did an audible and we all went to Drew Mahali's house and we had church in Drew Mahali's house. And it was a wonderful time just being together in their living room and singing and, and praising. And But that church has been planted and there's a group and there was even today new faces who were part of that. People are being drawn into fellowship and drawn closer to Jesus and so... A big part of that has come from this group of people, and so we're thankful for that. But then even here at this location, this campaign has allowed us to do a number of things. We had some construction debt from building, building out this building. And we paid it off because of your pledges. We have gospel groups running on a weekly basis, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and they're reaching new people. And your pledges, your gifts, have provided resources to fund those groups and do different things if you're in those groups you know there's a number of things the church is, is helping with those. We have a mercy ministry where we're helping people with deep needs and we're able to resource that. This last weekend we put on a parenting conference and it was not cheap. And a year ago we could not have done it, but as a church we were able to pay for it and make it free for all of you because of your gifts. We're invested in missions. We're looking to do short-term mission trips and stuff. We were able to help finance Sandra. She went off to Nepal and India for a year to share the gospel there. Some other things, even small things. uh, Some of you may have remembered a a year ago and and passed from that. we, We used to have to send out emails and say, we need you to help clean the building on Sundays after church. And maybe some of you are just now going, wait, we haven't gotten one of those emails in a long time. And that's because because of your gifts. It's just a small thing. We're able to sort of release you from having to do that. We're able to hire some people to help clean our building. It's a very small thing, but it really, I think, helps all of us. We're able to give uh, Rich an increase in his salary that was long overdue. And I think even more so than these pledges, being able to increase salaries was to make there be a consistency of salaries. See, a year ago and, and beyond that, Pretty much every month, Rich and I would be going, are are we going to get paid? Are we going to not get paid? Is there enough money or not? And your pledges have kept it, so we don't have to think about that. And amazingly, those of you who work on commission, you understand this experience. If you don't know you're going to get paid, it's very distracting to the work that you're trying to do or that God wants you to do. And so I'm really thankful that we haven't had to worry about are we going to get our paycheck this year or not. And even more, just being good stewards as a church, we felt like, ah, we encourage people to save money. We think that's a good stewardship thing, but as a church, we're never really able to do that. But now we have been able to do that, and we have a savings account. That's great. So those are some of the things we've done, but it's still going, right? We're halfway through. And so what are we asking for now? Well, first and foremost, we are asking for tithing, right? Because that's between you and God, and we think that that's probably the first step for worshiping Jesus when it comes to the area of giving. Now, when it comes to the Thrive campaign, there's always an opportunity, and so I think you probably if this is part of this is your home church and you go and this is a great place to be, there's really three ways, three one of three categories you probably would fall into here. The first one is the thank you category, where we say thank you for being faithful and giving. And you may say, Hey, this is good. I'm trusting God and worshiping him, and you're probably seeing good in your life from giving this way, we just encourage you to keep on. If maybe you've missed one here or there, you can catch up with that, because our budget is really based upon those pledges. Secondly, you might find that your situation has changed in the past year. Maybe you've gotten a raise or a new job or you've come into an inheritance or you've sold some property or something like that and you go, I really could give some more over the course of the next 12 months or I could give a year-end gift. You would be welcome to do that. We would love to do that. Again, we said people have dropped off and are always trying to take new ground and that sort of thing. Third category you might fall into is you say, well, I'm really new here, and I don't even remember us going through this campaign before, but I would really like to be part of it. Well, you would be welcome to make a pledge for 12 months. We would welcome that as just be thankful for you worshiping Jesus in that way. Now, I put up here the, the pledge card. You have it uh, in front of you just as a way to kind of help you walk through this, just as a practical means. You see that black bar through the middle. It says, in faith, out of love for Jesus and in obedience to him, I will begin tithing regularly for my income. If that's something God's laying on your heart and leading you to, we would love to just hear about it because that encourages us and we can pray for you. I just think it would be very encouraging. So if that would begin to describe you here, we're going to have this card out. You got it today. And Rich will be here talking some more about this topic next week. And so in the next couple weeks, you can fill this card out and, and hand it back to one of us. and so we can keep record of it. So if you go beyond that and you say, yeah, I really would like to participate in the Thrive campaign into the gray box there, you'll see a number of you made existing pledges. So if that applies to you, you could just write what's your monthly pledge, or if you made a one-time pledge, and already gave it, you don't have to write that down, but if your existing monthly pledge, just so you know it's there, and then if your situation has changed or if you're new and you'd like to do something additional, you can write that in there on the monthly or the one-time, and then Total at the bottom, say uh, when those gifts will begin, or if it's a one time when you'd expect it to arrive. We understand, you know, different things happen at the end of the year and you wait till January or whatever. All that's great. Just so we know if you pledge and would give that way, it would help us as we approach our budget situation. So that's our card. And that would be how, uh, that would be the second way that you could be um, worshiping Jesus through giving. So as I close here, I know, like I said before, I saw a lot of new faces out here. I know this is a a difficult topic probably to hear about. It's a difficult topic to share about, too. So thank you for being gracious with me. And I know if you're new and you just walked in this morning, I'm pretty sure you did not decide to come to church this morning because you wanted to hear about giving money. (laughs) But I'm glad you're here. And you understand we're just very real. And you just happened to come in on the day we were talking about that one facet of discipleship. But I hope that you catch our heart and our heart as a church is that we would all be following Jesus and worshiping him with all of our hearts and putting him at the center of what we're doing and going after that together even though some things are a little more difficult to talk about than others. So I'm, I'm so glad you're with us this morning and I'm trusting all of you that God will lead you as you approach this topic and lead us as a church together. Let's pray to close here. Yeah, Lord, before I say anything else, I want to worship you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins, to pay the penalty of death, of eternal separation from you, and to take my place. Thank you for the free gift of salvation. Lord, and I recognize there may be some here today who have never received that free gift of salvation, and it's, it's as simple as saying, Lord, it's come into my life, I make you my Lord. And my savior. I recognize that I'm sinful. And that on my own I cannot come into a right relationship with you. And that when I get to the end of my life. The penalty for my sin will be eternal separation. And yet I receive that free gift you've given by your son. Who came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He was executed. But then he came back to life. And paid that penalty for my sin. And Lord, as we think about having received that gift and that good news, that gospel, the boundless riches of Jesus Christ, and we want to walk in those and walk after those, run after those, run after Jesus Christ in a worship of him. When we think about our lives and we think about all of the things, Lord, that we can do, Lord, and we're not about doing things for the sake of being right with you because you look at us and you see Jesus and we are right completely, We want to go after you because we love you. Because of what you've done for us. So Lord, I pray you would meet us here as we consider and and ponder upon and and meditate on the idea of of giving. Lord, and it it hits. That doesn't just hit our bank accounts. Lord, it, it hits our hearts. Because that love of money really is the roots of all kinds of evil God, and it's so easy even on a day-to-day basis to try to let money sit in that place of Jesus in our hearts. Lord, I really believe that as we give in faith and we give as worship, it's a way of putting Jesus back in that center spot, taking money out of it. As we make it a habit, it becomes a lifestyle and it blesses others and it positions us rightly before you. God, thank you for your word, for these verses and others that really point us to what you would have us do. Thank you that you have not left us here without instruction, without an understanding of what would please you, what would bring you glory in our worship. And God, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you for all of the generosity that has been expressed over the years Think about this building and this church body and the three church plants that we've done and all of the gospel groups and the lives that have been changed. Lord, I remember as we sat here and we were under construction of this building, I remember distinctly how we prayed for those who would walk through this door and when they walked out, they would be a new creation saved. And God, you've done that and we know that you're going to continue to do that right here in our midst in this place as a church God, I'm just honored to be part of it. God, let our lives bring glory to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.